What's with this? Is this a Dave Matthews song? <laughs> I, I had um, an American Roots music professor uh, one time who, whenever the saxophone would come on, we were listening to something like, saxophone, that means somebody's going to get some. <laughs> God, this song reminds me of like, driving around with my mom. Oh, really? Like, going to like, Marshall or something. It, it does make me think about, like, I am running errands. That's yeah, like, definitely errands. what I'm taking from it. Running errands. This, this time period of music is so funny. It's so earnest. It is. These people are so serious. They like, are. You can feel that. And now in 2022, I'm like, it sounds like so cheesy. I know. But it's amazing. <laughs> Great guitar arpeggios. Yeah, like it's a big production. Yeah. Like wide production. That nice pickup Ooh, note on the yeah. sax. This is this song's great because I feel like it set the formula for like country music in the coming years. Like this is a Blake Shelton song, yeah, basically. Right, right. This is another one of those songs too that I'm like, I think it was a hit because it's fun to sing. You're right. You just be like, yeah. It makes it makes you feel like you can sing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. You got to make the person think they can sing. Uh, you think Edward McCain is related to John McCain? <laughs> I love that idea. I do love that by the rainfalls. And then hard stop. Hard stop, yeah. Producer got a plus one on that. <laughs> Guys, I have an idea. Like, I have such a good idea. Negative space. It's always about negative right. space. It's not who will be there. It's who won't be there. Exactly. Yeah, this this has got drums, sax, right. strings, right. guitars. 1.82 vocal harmonies. Yeah, it did, didn't it? <laughs> This is like the most nice yeah, things we've yeah. done, I think. Yeah, the saxophone is doing a lot. It's like yeah. doing pads a little bit, which yeah. is like unusual for a saxophone, I feel like. Yeah, I wonder if we did the string range. What? It's like, we'll have to save this for the deep discussion, but I want to know why strings sound more emotional than other instruments. I know that's tough. We'll, we, we'll think on that. We'll do <laughs> No transients? Because <laughs> you can just picture a young Mozart playing Albi by Edwin and King exactly, on the violin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, the sax is prominent in this song. And I feel like the 90s was not a sax time, oh, right? No, no. More of the 80s, you think of the careless whisper of sax. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just, you know, Dave Matthews. Yeah. I guess he's pretty 90s, though, yeah. right? The king of the 90s. This does yeah. have... I would love the Dave Matthews version of this song. The drums would be way fun. Yeah, cool. yeah. It would have a lot more parts. Yeah. But it might not be as earnest. Right. Dave seemed a little more aware. Yeah, negative space. <laughs> yeah, negative space. Good morning, students that listen to this metal. These are the morning announcements. Congrats to 7th grader Joel Rabinowitz on his 25-point game for JV Basketball. Go Wildcats! Today's lunch will be Subway sandwiches inspired by our motivational guest speaker today. You've seen him on TV. He's lost the weight. He did it himself. It's Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the help of some aids. Yeah, I know. Love that episode. He's so good. Love that episode. Today's track is I'll be. I will be. I'll be. I'll be. Depends on where you live. Yeah, I know. That. I've always thought like it's so... What do you say? 
all. Oh, I'll yeah, yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I'll. I'll be. Applebee's. Yeah, I'll be by Edwin McCain. That should have been a marketing thing for Applebee's. I'll be at Applebee's. Yeah, I'll be your crying shoulder. This fucking fajita wrap or whatever. I don't know. I haven't been to Applebee's in a long time. Oh my god! <laughs> it was released on September eighth, nineteen ninety eight. It was the first single off his second album entitled "Misguided Roses." Oh, oh my the, god! The track reached the top five in the U.S. and became like a radio staple. Um, like to this day, honestly, right. like I heard "I'll Be" when I was buying wine in a box at Publix, like Love not that, that long Go ago. To box. Yeah, it was written by McCain. No relation to John. I did. I, a, little, I did a little bit of research. We, we, we figured yeah. it out. We figured it out. <laughs> it was produced by Matt Serletic, who produced "3 A.M." by Matchbox Twenty, that which makes I think sense. might have been like a season two song. That makes so sense. I always like to ask you when we come across somebody who's produced something we talked about before. Yeah. Like, how? Ha, what is? Now that you've heard a couple songs by him, like, yeah. what do you think is indicative of his style as a producer? Acoustic instruments. Yeah, yeah. Acoustic drum set, acoustic guitars. Yeah. Like, that's what I think about. I think of wide productions when I think of stuff that he's done. Like, it's it makes sense. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast is finding out who yeah, does fun. all these exactly. yeah, yeah, productions. Because yeah. same thing with like our boy Eric Valentin. Yeah. It's fun to be like, it makes sense oh, that, yeah. he made, that he produced this song. Because like, of course you would look back and you'd be like, yeah, I'll be by Edwin McCain and 3M by Matchbox 20. They're both kind of like light rock songs light that rock, were popular around right. the same time. But I wouldn't have really considered that they are the same because like to me, they they have like a bit of a different palette. Right. But then when you when you talk about it, I was like, yeah, that is exactly what he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the big acoustic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great acoustic. Yeah. That was, this was such an era. Like, you, in order to have a hit song, you would have to be able to have a listener imagine themselves playing the acoustic guitar yeah. and singing it. And then what I said in the beginning, you got to make them think that they can sing. Yeah, exactly. Which both those songs, they both do. those songs do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this song's got a distinctly '90s sound, definitely. But why is it still kind of around? Why do Why do we still hear this song today? It feels as relevant it still like sounds 90s yeah um but like it doesn't it hasn't like stayed in that era this song is like still known by people yeah i feel like and you know a and r guys as crazy as they are yeah um th- when they do say like a great song is timeless it is true yeah even yeah, if yeah. it does have a time stamp of the 80s the 70s yeah in some, in some ways those characteristics become kind of charming they do if the song is really good because yeah. yeah for sure like you put on a song and you're like this is such an 80s song but that's part of what makes it like fun exactly. if the song is really good and like so what do you think is like the 90s soft rock sound i do i i think it's i think it's when you list it off the production yeah. i think that's the 90s thing it's the piano yeah like the the big grand piano you need the acoustics the big nashville a drum yeah yeah, like yeah exactly ball- this is like such a, a national drum. drum part yeah it's like a ballad but loud and then the strings yeah yeah so that's cool like uh it seems like in some ways the 90s was like the peak of recording real instruments with like the highest fidelity some is people that like some people like engineers will say like yeah like that was like the peak it was like yeah. the greatest tape machines the greatest players yeah exactly like they, the biggest budgets big studios mm-hmm. the best gear and after then it's like the budgets got smaller because music wasn't really making as much money so then yeah. like all the instruments got a little bit easier to deal with yeah. and then they became totally digital the ipod came out yeah yeah so that's crazy to think like the 90s might have been the peak and it was on songs like this i know uh, i know you know we talked about um and i always talk about this with my girlfriend like how they all the sound old sound guys that i worked with 
would like tune their PA speakers with Steely Dan yeah. Asia. Yeah. It's like, would it be funny if dudes like, uh, like in like 20 years are like tuning their shit to Edwin McCain. I know. Like, oh, it's a sax. She can't beat that shit. <laughs> fucking strings, bro. And like the, the kids on the stage looking at you like, yeah, like what the fuck is <laughs> yeah, this? this guy. <laughs> so Albie has become a hugely popular wedding song. Ah, oh, of course, I right? That, yeah. But McCain has said it's really more of a prayer written in, mo- in a moment of personal desperation after a breakup. So wow. it's kind of like a sadder <laughs> than like the wedding song. I guess that just people just they like yeah. what it makes them feel. Yeah, of course. That, yeah. And that's what we can talk about a great song is a great song. I think part of what a great song is the lyrics are ambiguous enough right. to mean whatever right. it is that you're going through. Right. Like I think about that with a lot of like Sade that I listen to all the time. It's like when you're in love, a love song feels like great, like you're part of it. And when you're like miserable, a love song feels horrible right and it's like cool that when a song can be everything right um mccain said quote it was the end of a relationship for me and it was also an admission of my inability to function in a relationship wow hence the love suicide line which is Uh, such a weird line tangent it is weird but it makes sense when he says like that still don't like it right uh (laughs) quote and it was the hope that i would be better grow and be better as a person i was struggling with some personal problems at the time so it was all those things was this admission of failure and this prayer that i could be a better person and it was something that I said to a girl that I've been going out with. I knew that she was waiting. And I always said to her, don't ever look back on this in any other way than I'll be your biggest fan. You know, I'll always be a fan. Wow. So Luke, you've been through bad breakups, made you like edit some tracks a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I've been, I've been fortunate enough to actually not have many girlfriends. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been with Tatiana now almost 11, <laughs> yeah. going on 11 years. So I, I don't think I've ever like been, been broken up with or broken up with somebody and like been like, I want to make art. I don't right, know, right, right, right. me like not a, a serious artist. <sighs> I just like want to mine from more specific and vague parts of my personal life right. and like stuff like that. Cause it's just weird. Like, you know, what, what do you think he feels like having to play this song like 30 fucking years later all the time? He'll be remembered the most for right. like, this one moment of his life with a breakup. I know. I do. Sometimes I am envious of like people that have like these whirlwind emotion things because I'm not like an emotional person. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, when people are like, have like these like, World, that's the only way I can describe is like this whirlwind yeah, of emotion. Yeah, I know what you mean. They seem so caught up in it. Yeah, I just, I like, just wish I knew. I, I could feel, I can understand that. Uh, it's like maybe I get it sometimes when I'm like listening to a great song, but I feel like I never want to bring that out in front of other people. Right. It seems like a totally unfair right. to their situation. Right, right, exactly. I'll never, I, so I could be someone's crying shoulder, but I would never cry on someone's shoulder. Right, right. No, I'm going to go cry at Applebee's. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to talk to you about um, how the hell – do you get strings and acoustic guitar to fit together? It seems like they should be competing in every single way. I know they really should, but um, they are one is percussive and one isn't. Oh, interesting. So the acoustic okay. guitar, I almost I feel in when I play acoustic guitar, I think of the instrument as a rhythmic instrument. Yeah, yeah. That can happen to make it harmonic can play leads things. or whatever. Right, it can. Yeah. Where strings, they can be rhythmic, but not like someone you know chopping away at an acoustic yeah, yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah. So even though they live in the same frequency and they're both stringed instruments, it's kind of the same thing with like drums and bass. Drums are like a very rhythmic thing, but so is bass. But bass is also carrying more of a harmonic yeah, yeah. thing. And I feel like strings and acoustic guitar kind of share the same relationship. 
you know? That's a really good point. And it's funny because I always ask you these questions like, how do we fit these two things that sound together? It, like, how do they work? And you always have good answers. And then I, like part of me is sitting here being like, oh, it's just the arrangement. Because like if you go to a symphony orchestra, you can hear like 40 different fucking instruments right. at once. It's like, of course, they're competing. But as long as they're not doing the same the thing. The same thing. And that's like kind of how this song works, too. I wanted to also ask you about I just never hear a saxophone uses a pad. I know. And it's like, I kind of want to like give major props to Serlatic. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, do you stack it? Like, like is what, it just one? Like, like it's you, crazy. Yeah. And it's like, who would write a part like that? Because I feel like if you're, and this is, this is my prejudice against horn players coming out. But I feel like if you're a horn player, you're not in it to support. Right. That's not like what your thing is. Right. And it's like cool to hear it done so well. Yeah. Anyway, this song is great, dude. I could, I feel, I, w- I could feel myself slow dancing to this song. This, yeah. This is going to be your wedding song. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to figure yeah, it like, out. What What's on the be? short list? I don't even know. We haven't like really like talked about it much. Yeah. I got to throw my my hat in the ring for still the one Shania Twain. <laughs> right. I love that. It's such an amazing song. We can't wait to get to I know, it. It's coming wait. up in every episode. Okay. YouTube comment of the week goes out to Stephanie Ballard. Her writes, quote, going to be my first dance at my wedding if I didn't date the shittiest men. Oh, my God. That's funny. Sounds like a joke. Like, she sounds like a bad sitcom character. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to the podcast. We're really enjoying this season. Middle school dance throughout the ages. The audience continues to grow. We don't know who the fuck you are. We don't care. Do it, you know, do whatever you do. you do. Just on Wednesdays, make sure you hit that download button. Give us five stars, six if you can do it. Post, post our episodes up on Napster. So I'm, re- I'm reading a book about the 90s. So oh, like, nice. Napster. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Post it on Napster. Wow. File share. Yeah. This Edwin McCain was all over there, but it was probably mislabeled. It's Dave Matthews. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all.